happening, everybody? This is Chris Latore, and you're listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 36. How is everyone? Good? Loving it! Well, this week is a jam-packed issue, a whole lot of fun. Let's, uh, of course, give you a show recap. I'm going to give you a Sunspots Comics update, a Zombie Destroyers comic book update. I'm going to have four comic book feel-good freebies, factoid freebies, one artificial intelligence story, one Spider-Sense team article, and this week was 12 comics. I have six that made the top favorite picks of the week for January 6th, new comic book day. I have an art winner. I have a cover winner. It's just jam-packed. I have some mentions. I have some number ones. It's just all about comic books, and it's a whole ton of fun, so you're going to have a good time. Quickly... Announcement number eight for Zombie Destroyers. I just got off the phone with Jordan Hudson. What's up, Jordan? How you doing? <laughs> and we're we're laying out page two. Got the dialogue set. We have the four panel page two set up already. He's got the art basically penciled. He's looking to do the ink now. <clears throat> and I am working on page one, coloring page one. I have it in my possession. I got some Prismacolor inks. It's uh, first thing I realize is I do not have enough pens, and they're not cheap. Um, Michael's is, uh, are they run by Hitler? I don't understand what's going on with Michael's. Expensive. <clears throat> but almost done with this cold, uh, so hopefully this will be the last apology for the gunky flumminess that you're getting. So, my gosh, everyone is sick. Please, like, let's all get better. Let's drink lemon and hot water and tea or something. Let's all of us just, just get rid of it. Enough already. And, uh, <laughs> so anyway, hopefully this will be the last gurky flemminess that you have to deal with but uh, it's not too bad I, I listen to myself it's 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 clearing up a, a smidge so it's it's getting better so uh there you go there's some updates and oh check out uh, sunspotscomics.com because i put a 2016 favorite comic book movie list oh no 2016 <laughs> comic book movie list uh, of comic book movies that are coming out that are just comic book related there's so much other good stuff to even mention but just i focused on the release date and uh, the actual comic book movies coming out in 2016. I, I could not be more excited. So check it out on sunspotscomics.com. And the pull list has been updated too, uh, dramatically. So you'll see now what I'm gathering every month, what I'm pulling every month from my comic book uh, pull list. It's been adjusted and it's gigantic. My goodness, it's daunting. Although when you look at it, not everything is monthly. Some the image likes to do things once a month-ish. And so it's not as bad as it seems, but yeah, the, the pull list is gigantic. So check that out from time to time on sunspotscomics.com slash pull list. But anyway, let's jump right into the four comic book feel-good factoid freebies this week. And that's basically in case you're just joining us on the podcast. It's where I look for kind of new, up-to-date, warm and fuzzy stories that make me feel good about the world of comic books. That's what a comic book feel-good factoid freebie is. So coming in at the number one is from qz.com and it's the u.s library of congress has appointed a comic book author to promote literature to american kids this is cool this is the first time that the united states library of congress has ever appointed a comic book author and graphic novelist his name is gene loon wang and gene loon yang yang uh for me my favorite piece of his work is american born chinese it's a short story short format short sized comic sort of trade paperback collection of in and out of reality of 
having to be American and a Chinese immigrant. So it's interesting little story. It hits a little home for me. I'm not really of an immigrant per se, but I'm of Asian descent. And so it, it's a smidge. It's the heart a little for me in certain areas. And now he's been appointed to, in this two-year tenure, <clears throat> to recommend a, a diverse blend of comic books for American youth. So he's already made some recommendations, pretty cool. And one of, I'm really surprised he didn't just totally say read everything I've created. But one of them is Amulet uh, from Kazu Kibiishu, which I've read some of. It's fantastic. I met him once. He signed uh, volume number one. It's a scholastic book set. It's beautifully colored, very much all ages about an amulet and a family and a very sort of Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe, Chronicles of Narnia-esque, and I loved it. So he's already got a short list. I'll put these, of course, all of these articles on sunspotscomics.com and share them on all the social media, Twitter, Facebook, etc. <clears throat> and so very cool that Gene Yoon Yang... Lun Yang has been appointed in that position and very cool and I'm going to be watching that and pretty much whatever he recommends is really good. I know that he just recently uh, wrote Totally Awesome Hulk, which besides that title wasn't that bad. Um, and the art was just gorgeous by Frank Cho. I did bounce out, but um, American Born Chinese, fantastic. And there's this other massive project that he did that I really want to look at and it's called Boxers and Saints. It's a massive, like, two omnibus collection of, uh, I, I don't know the full gist of it, but more to come. I'm, I definitely want to take check that out from Gene Loon Yang. So, that's my first feel-good fact, comic book feel-good factoid freebie. And number two comes from comicbookresourcescbr.com, which pointed out that comic book, Marvel comic book creator slash editor slash co-creator of Miss Marvel, Sana... Amanat was going to be premiered, hosted, or a guest on Late Night with Seth Meyers. Now, I thought this was cool and it made me feel good because that's just awesome. Uh, she uh, is quite intelligent. She's in all aspects of Marvel. She seems to have her fingers all in the cookie jar of, of the Marvel world. She has a TED Talk you could see on TED.com, which is just this gathering of very smart people that affect the world as we know it. And it's cool to see a comic book creator on a late night TV show? I thought very cool. We're used to seeing who we're used to seeing, right? And there you go, having someone in the comic book world on a late night show. I think that's very cool. I think that's <clears throat> very risky for Seth Meyers. I think that I commend him. I think it's brave. I think it's something a little different. I think it's going to attract the comic book world, and myself included. I definitely, you know, put a spotlight on Seth Meyers for me, and I'm going to be peeking in more often to see if this is a regular thing. Will he have other people that are in comic books on his show? And I know he has a staff of writers, but it was interesting that he was well-versed in what was going on. He asked her about Battle World, and it was just great. And I saw it on YouTube, and I'm going to be peeking into Late Night with Seth Meyers on NBC, 1235. I'll have to stick my DVR over there and get some of that stuff. So, very, very cool that Sana Amanat was a guest on a late night TV show. A Marvel exec, if you will. So, very, very cool. And the number three comic book feel-good factoid freebie is just sort of a state of the union of how comic books did overall in 2015. And 
Star Wars was the number one best-selling comic of 2015, crazy, according to Diamond Comic Distributors. And the industry in a whole, and I'll of course link this up so you don't have to hear every stat, but overall, the year overs oversaw, overall together, sales increasing 7 .7, by 7.17% from uh, increase from 2014. So overall, going in the right direction, and that is paper and digital altogether. And it does look like pa paper had the majority of that increase in direct market sales. So paper's still going strong and paper on the rise. And it's crazy, even more so than digital, which I thought these numbers would point digital uh, a little more heavily than it is. But paper's still going strong. That's the way people like to read comics. So fantastic. And the next comic book feel good factor freebie comes from EW.com, <clears throat> and it's something I thought was a little odd, a little different. NBC orders office comedy with DC superheroes. So this is going to be the second one. I think the first one is Damage Control, uh, showing the business, the company that it's a comedy that is going to some other ne network. I can't remember what channel. Uh, of the Marvel, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, of the company that cleans up after what all the superheroes and villains destroy, so I, I imagine, especially in New York. Well, this is another one. So DC is now throwing its hat in the ring of comic book hero comedies. So going to be different. I see that Marlon Wayans is going to be in there, and uh, it's the pilot's been ordered, and it's going to be even with... Ben Queen, who wrote Cars 2, which I wasn't the biggest fan of as far as the, the Cars franchise. But the title is Powerless. So it does say it's going to highlight superheroes, villains, and people just like us, but in the realm of comedy. So interesting to see that DC's jumping in there with NBC to do superhero comedy. Kind of crazy. And, the <clears throat> and that was the final, the fourth and final. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed this. I sure did. They warmed my nerd heart. And uh, next up, I actually have one story of the, taking a look into the artificial intelligence. The, taking a glimpse into and taking a peek into the realm of artificial intelligence. And the title of this alone from Yahoo.com uh, is enough to scare the hell out of you. <laughs> the title reads... Resurrecting the dead is the goal for this artificial intelligence company. So this is so wrong in so many ways. This is written by Courtney Smith. Uh, why would a company do this? So it says, this could be our future. In books, movies, television, when people come back from the dead, they are either vampires or zombies. But by 2045, a company called Humai, H-U-M-A-I, hopes to use artificial intelligence to bring back the dead? What? to life by freezing human brains and then implanting them into artificial bodies. Oh my gosh, if that is not a recipe for humanity being wiped out, I don't know what is. <laughs> so this tech entrepreneur Josh Beckener uh, plans to, doesn't plan on stopping. He's moving forward with this, he's got funding for it. Uh, it's, uh, it's, I know this sounds familiar, what is that, Futurama? where they keep the brains alive or the heads alive. But yeah, they're actually looking into this. Like why, come on. So yeah, <clears throat> the title alone uh, will haunt my dreams for all eternity. So there you go, that's the, that's the one day, the one glimpse into the world of artificial intelligence. And uh, no, what? what was that? What was that sound? Did you hear that? 
That's my spider sense tingling. Anyway, the next one comes from MNN. This is a, a an interesting article here, MNN.com. Creepy ant experiment could lead to development of mind control drugs. So this, <laughs> this just blows me away. This is like uh, Ant-Man 3 right here, right? They're going to do ant experiments, ant experiments that could lead to mind control? Really? I mean, uh, these folks got to read some comic books, right? So this is a, a, an article I feel that one day this brings together life and the world of comics. I mean, if, they, if this happens, they could, it brings those two things together. And we could actually see some things that we see now, like in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, coming to life. Proof of it right here. It says, uh, you know, ants live in highly organized regimental caste systems, which make studying their behavior um, rather facile. But actually, according to how these individual ants get assigned to particular jobs and colonies, is proved to be a complicated mystery. So this team of scientists are looking into carpenter ants primarily and they their society has focused on dividing the ant colonies and understanding what their roles are and if they're able to harness that in an ant's brain i guess then they'll be able to use those to create mind controlling drugs great so, uh, man, just again, imagine if that falls into the wrong hands, folks. That kind of technology could be extremely... They're looking into how they could inject that into other species. Oh, boy. Yeah. It's what you'd think it'd be, folks. Frightening. Wait till you see this. <laughs> and that is, uh, that's all of them. That's all the articles right there. That's the final... That one made my... Definitely made my spider sense. A tingle. So, uh, coming up next, we're going to dive right into New Comic Book Week uh, for January 6th. These, uh, of course, I spoil, so spoiler alert. These are my comic book recommendations. I buy these all on paper. I do recommend you buy all these. Go to a local comic book shop and support them. Check out sunspotscomics.com because I list my pull list. I list my favorite picks of the week. They're there, again, on sunspotscomics.com. And again, you've been spoilered. Major spoiler alert. Before I go into my top six picks of the week, I want to point out uh, a couple of um, quick mentions. Uh, the art cover of the winner was Cliff, or art winner of the week for January 6th, was Cliff Chang on Paper Girls, number four. It's a wraparound cover. It has that peachy folder coloring and... She looks like she's holding a hockey stick, which I'm very partial to, of course, because I love hockey. Go LA Kings. And uh, it's like she's dispatched an alien. It has this very simplistic, clean style. Uncolored, but with that, that 80s peachy orange that just screams my childhood. So very, very good job. That's why you win cover of the week, Mr. Cliff Chang. And David Marquez, David Marquez wins the art winner of the week for David's work on Invincible Iron Man number five. Just gorgeous. The way he uses uh, the eyes and the brow for Tony Stark's emotions and the close-ups of faces is just out of this world and the way he conveys action is gorgeous. Thank you, David Marquez, for your fantastic art. Love it so much, and it was the art winner of the week. Check it out. It made top pick, folks. Both of those did. So I'll be talking a little bit more about them in a matter of seconds. And, oh, and number ones this week? There was technically only one real new comic book that was a number one this week, and it was The Last Contract. 
it also jumped into the top spot so I'll be talking about that there was four eyes um, and swamp thing but those are not truly number ones they're new stories that have just started up that I'm really excited about and were really good so those I just wanted to quickly mention oh and the last mention is Star Wars 14 and Darth Vader 15 fantastic you have to definitely buy the current storyline the current canon story of all the Star Wars uh, Marvel comics they are out of this world consistent these last two almost made the top picks they were just simply pretty much straight action so if you're looking for some fun Star Wars action Wookiees fighting each other Chewie fighting another Wookiee uh, evil C-3PO um, Darth Vader actually saving Luke but in his own selfish way uh, I could just keep going on and on and on it's fantastic Darth Vader fighting a not an evil Jedi per se but a, a very general Grievous style multi-armed uh, lightsaber wielding <clears throat> Yon Calamari uh, alien with robotic appendages so it's just a whole lot going on it's a mess but it's a fantastic action-packed nice to see the canon be what it is as well that you know that these Marvel comics now are not in the legends falling into legends which is no longer canon but that the Marvel comics themselves are canon it's being held as material that is using that's going to be used in even the Star Wars cinema universe very soon so it goes together so I like that just a quick mention of that so this week I read 12 comics and six of them made my favorite list you should buy these immediately <coughs> excuse me hopefully that's the last one and coming in at number six is Four Eyes by Image Comics, Hearts of Fire. That's right. That's where I got the song from. Mm -hmm. Writer Joe Kelly, illustrator Max Fiumarma, Fiumara, sorry, Max. And I tell you, this would have been a much higher pick if they colored it. It's a gorgeous comic set in the Great Depression. And people are killing themselves, jumping out of windows here to start off. So you're like, ha ha, kind of mouth open. But there's dragons in this time period and you have a young boy who's a dragon tamer if you will who has a pet dragon an adolescent no it's more like toddler dragon and he is uh, sort of uh, being watched or befriended by a person that is kind of a uh, <coughs> cleaning uh, cleaning barns basically and so this young boy uh, who he's named his dragon four eyes um, his four eyes dragon is is undisciplined not trained and is chasing <laughs> chasing dogs and chasing horses and chickens is just crazy and the first part of this is him trying to get his dragon under control and mr. Fox that's his name is going to try to help uh, our young man who his name has already escaped me uh, who speaks Italian <clears throat> in the first part where he's praying to his lost father which is just a gorgeous Enrico is his name the part where he's praying to his father and speaking Italian is gorgeous if it were the, if it were colored this would most definitely be art pick of the week I'm I do read black and white comics from time to time but I'm much uh, much more I've spent a whole lot more of my money on stuff that's colored it's just the truth of it I just like color and they use faint color to paint the dragon here with some light just sort of red uh, spots and edging a little to have color drawn to it but it, to me it just kind of looks a little unfinished but this is an interesting introduction to the big world that's going on here they've got a kind of underground dragon fighting 
uh, going on in this <clears throat> gangster-related underworld. It seems like Enrico is going to be introduced into this world because the because Mr. Fox is taking him to one of the barns that they have these dragon fights. The way that the dragons are drawn here, you have to really look like, where's the head? It's just like this blob of awesome detail, but you have to really look to see where the teeth and mouth are. His dragons look like nothing you've ever seen, and I like that about this comic. There's some great one and two page splashes here of some close-up. He has sort of like, Enrico is written with a very kind of bobblehead anime, large eye looking kind of framework, and so it's like, it's all by itself. He seems like he's drawn from a different world, but otherwise it's very realistic looking and the world that Mr. Joe Kelly is painting in Four Eyes is just fun and fantastic. Dragons in the Great Depression area era, fantastic. Loving it. So number five from DC Comics is Swamp Thing, number one of six. And the cool thing about this is Len Wein is back on writing for this. And he uh, is even credited as the writer and creator, which is very cool. So you're actually seeing the man himself. I interviewed him at, I want to say, WonderCon. And we had a nice conversation about Wolverine. It was brief, but it was very nice. And this very much hits those nostalgic points. The writing style for me definitely is an ode to the 80s, 90s. He's very descriptive in his writing as to how he explains Swamp Thing. They do a quick little, this is how he was made, how Swamp Thing and why he's there. And we're quickly introduced into the Bayou country of Louisiana. And the swamp, the way it's drawn, the detail, it's fantastic. It's, it's, I like Alan Moore uh, Swamp Thing and I like when Swamp Thing is drawn by, in multiple ways where he looks like he's just uh, just rotting and and mushrooms and tree. This is a cleaner look of Swamp Thing. He, he pretty much looks like the Hulk in, in a lot of panels, but when he's fighting an alligator, which he named Albert, <laughs> it, it he, he just kind of chomps his shoulder. And then the muck that you see him made of, go you, you go, okay, all right. I, I felt like, okay, now we're talking. And he just sort of, puts himself back together rather quickly here and you realize he's just sort of an algae monster and he doesn't dispatch Albert in a way that harms him which was cool he, he is a, a he's a preservationist and so they have a disagreement he he mentions here in this great writing by Len Wein uh, that he admires just the the raw <clears throat> the raw uh, innate behavior the um that that the alligator has for him that he he actually is kind of in awe with it that the creature just will not stop i thought that's interesting take on it and it's kind of a a gesture of of having a sort of respect for nature you really feel that it's a great job and len you're a pro and you have to of course point out to art illustrator kelly jones and colorist michelle madsen because her i mean she must have ran out of a lot of green markers here because <laughs> this whole thing is green and you're introduced into a zombie and you're like okay and there's a young 18 year old kid goes to college and he's involved in a volunteer experiment to die and come back to life smart there you go <laughs> but you're like okay you go with it and yeah the kid dies and comes back as a zombie so uh interesting there's a, a fisticuffedness here of course 
Algae versus undead. <laughs> Excuse me. And he's just, uh, at one point, Swamp Thing is like just sort of a sack of organs flying around. And I, I thought that's an interesting way. Does the zombie see him that way? Or is he literally a sack of of organs flying around with an eyeball in the air? You, you don't really know, but there's that moment in page seven. But then he's uh, completely back together in the next page. And the zombie monsters snap at necks. But just fun action. It's good. The way he writes some of the dialogue. I have to read this just smidge here. One little part. <clears throat> the creature before him has has skin the color and texture of ancient parchment that flakes and crackles as it moves. So it's just monster mayhem. It's just, you know, clean horror fun. And I'm in. On the pull list, added, and I gotta see what happens next in this. So now we got four left. Coming in at number four is the new number one from Boom Studios, number one of four, The Last Contract. And you got a team going here, which... I, Boom doesn't make the top pick lists that often for me, so good job, Boom. Written and lettered by Ed Brisson. Illustrated by Lissandro S. Theron. And boy, the, the coloring on this is gorgeous. The usage of light and no light and the respect of light source here is gorgeous. A lot of dark purples and blues. Just gives that moody tone, which you know I dig from time to time. This is a story about like a retired assassin or hitman killer that is hiding out <clears throat> and he's older he's kind of losing his memory um he says he has to leave because harv will pee himself if he doesn't get home he's in a diner it just sets this sort of icky southern it had like a southern bastards feel to it and harv is his dog which you thought like maybe uh, maybe harv was his friend or roommate or who knows nickname for his wife you don't know but harv is his, like hound dog and he uh, lets the hound dog out to go to the restroom, but Harv had peed all over the floor already. And then boom, there's somebody in his house, <clears throat> like a biker gang guy. <clears throat> and uh, it turns into one of uh, one of the most violent exchanges I've seen in a while, I guess. Because maybe because Southern Bastards is on a bit of a break. But this old man who you feel is feeble and doesn't have much of a memory surprises you right here. He is very capable physically. He's got a knife to this biker guy's throat saying, Who sent you? Why are you coming after me? The biker gives him a name and he still cuts his throat. So very violent. Uh, now he's on the hunt for this name with the biker guy gave him. <clears throat> he's wearing a pajama shirt. It's kind of, you know, he seems a bit senile. He's, a, he's an older man. Yet uh, then he torches his own home after that. Throws the biker into the fire. And he's en route to find who this name is. He goes to New York City, it looks like. Finds the guy, <clears throat> takes him into a trunk, and forces him to tell him who, you know, the name of the name that wants him dead. And he's been out of the biz, and he's he's chasing down these hit people, This going back into this world where he's a little out of shape for it. You're introduced to some main characters here, but uh, it's, it's pretty dark, it's pretty gruesome, but done in a cool action-style way. This... To me, it looks like, I mean, the last contract, it just sounds like a, a, a movie. Just, I'm sure this is probably already in the works. But, old man wearing a pajama shirt, trying to retire, getting out of the hitman business. The hitman business brings him back in. And there you go. <laughs> so, top three. Uh, coming into number three from Image Comics, Paper Girls, which I already told you was the cover winner because it's a wraparound, awesome, peachy colored style cover. 
Uh, you have Brian K. Vaughn, BKV, as I affectionately call him, in the writing, uh, which he's amazing. Cliff Chang is artist, and they gotta point out Matt Wilson here on colors because he used every color. This is, I gotta, I'm gonna be all over the place with, the, with this review, but how they use the sort of neon colors in this is a trip because <clears throat> there is a scene, a two-page splash panel that's done, well, it's actually two and a half pages with three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen, eighteen. Yeah, it's just uh, like 24 page, one and a half page spread of where the colors go from bright orange to blue to greens to purple. It's these individually equally spaced panels in this page and a half of a sort of life flashing before your eyes. So the paper girls are in trouble. They, uh, you're in introduced to a new character, an old man looks like Santa, who it looks like is in cahoots with these aliens. This is very much a ode to the 80s. This is a love letter from Brian K. Vaughn to the 80s. Uh, there's there's aliens, there's a weird alien time-traveling race that's on Earth, and there's the paper girls that are thrust into the middle of this. It just seems like J.J. Um, Abrams is gonna make this movie, like right away. It has a Super 8 feel to it. Um, and you start off where this weird looking dial-up dial phone with an eye in the center of it rings. It's like it's an alien, an alien phone. That he receives a phone call from the aliens. He phones home. <laughs> and uh, then we're shown a warrior. Their language is weird. Like, if you can imagine that movie Idiocracy again. Language 2,000 years from now. I believe, too, it'll be very... It'll be very brief. Everything will be very short and abbreviated. And will probably eliminate a lot of words. And that's the way you are reading this dialogue at first. From this weird space warrior. Time-traveling space warrior. Riding this crazy winged, like, dinosaur-looking alien. And so it takes a minute to figure out how they're saying things because it's so abbreviated and like mixed with the bonics, mixed with popular cultural speech. It's just an interesting mess of language. But once you kind of figure out the rhythm of it, you get the gist that this Santa Claus looking alien who got the phone call from the aliens, from the alien warrior, is saying, uh, you know, she's on the she's on the hunt. She's getting close to whatever it is they're doing. You really don't know. I mean, we're on issue <clears throat> four. And it's really tough to truly tell you tell you what is going on in this story, but it, it looks gorgeous and it's set in the 80s. And now the paper girls, the the, the four of them, three of them are fine. One is seriously injured <clears throat> from the last issue. And the two strange, weirdly hooded, kind of uh, grotesque-faced looking aliens from this weird future are using this sort of decoder thing on their shirt to be able to them to like a voice translator <clears throat> so the paper girls can understand him rather than have to understand that very shortened speech of the crazy future <clears throat> the idiocracy style speech well they tell him that they're going to help her the injured paper girl and just to trust them and to follow them <clears throat> so they do and they keep following them and they keep chasing them and they're in this sewer tunnel and then this crazy, strange, like, surveillance alien green bot with all these eyes all over it that looks similar to the crazy alien phone is shooting lasers at him. So it's a, it's an action scene. They're being attacked. One of the alien humanoid guys with the translator shot in the neck. <clears throat> and now they don't understand him. Their words look like sort of Japanese. And one of the main characters, uh, that weird green alien orb, wraps its tentacles around her throat, and that's when she has this... Her the life flash before her eyes in that 24-page panel, and it's gorgeous. You have to see this. 
I've showed this I've shown this to a few people and they go wow that's a weird looking comic but also it's it's funny in how that all 24 individual squares of this panel show her that most of her life's been wasted playing video games old pong like video games <laughs> where she's at level 1 and then level 30 and she's on round and she's got the high score and it just when she sort of awakens she just has this realization that she's wasted her life playing video games so well written well drawn it's just gorgeous and <clears throat> of course, I already said spoilers. When they get to the end of it, it looks like they're double-crossed. But we don't know because their translators are broken and they take their friend away in a weird alien craft. That is metallic liquid tendrils. Crazy looking. And they use just, everything is in purple and blue and orange. Everything from their skin colors to the trees. It just has this weird, I don't know, palette of colors that is like nothing you've ever seen. I really enjoyed it. And that's why it's my number three. Number two, uh, from Vertigo Comics, <clears throat> Unfollow, number three. Unfollow is a crazy story about, like, the creator of Twitter that picks 140 people to give his billions to, like $12 <clears throat> billion. And this has one particular, of the 140, that he see, he has, he has, vi he has vision, vision. I want to say it was from, uh, the... Like St. Louis area, <clears throat> and he has to leave his sister behind in the last episode. This has a little flashback of that where there's riots in in the town. I think it's based on a true place, which I'm looking for the name again. I want to say it's uh, Ferguson. Yeah, so it's in Ferguson, and you're seeing the riots. Not pretty. Where this town in Ferguson, Missouri, looks like Beirut, and he's with the sister and. They have kind of a moment, and it's just a little flashback where he's actually on a Learjet, a private jet, uh, going to the the maker of this Twitter. I think they call it MindSpace. Is that what it's what it's called? Twist on MySpace, etc. I think it's what it's called. So, we were also introduced to, if I remember this character correctly, she's uh, blonde-haired and. She was already rich, and she doesn't want her parents' money, and she was doing some sort of stunt for charity. Well, they're thrown in the in the jet together, and she's kind of a head case. But there's an attraction to each other, a, a little bit of light flirting. And some of the facial expressions here is just out of this world. It's gorgeous. And the coloring, like the peachy tones on her face, just have that blemishy look to it that really adds life. Very realistic. And so then you're thrust into the billionaire, Larry Farrell, who's clinging to life, who has one of the best cancer doctors in the world helping him out and he's really trying to put himself back together here because he has to make a speech to the 140 that he's flying them all with all of his private jets his armada of private jets to his weird island that he owns in some undisclosed place <clears throat> and we're quickly flashed over to Akira who is a character that's also coming over with robotic legs who's in Japan with face tattoos wearing a wedding dress okay so yeah it's all over the place and then you're introduced to another, this one I think is new, it's a character that's in a Nigerian oil field with like 100% burns on his body. And has like a strange skin affliction. And he's just recently killed someone, and they show that the Twitter now, the, the Twitter, the whatever, Mindspace winners is now reduced to one. Now it's reduced by one, so it's at 139. So you already, in my mind, I'm thinking, I might see where this is going. These people are going to want to kill each other. <laughs> and this may be what this 
Mindspace billionaire wants to show the world how humanity truly is. Maybe, I'm not sure, but maybe. And so there's a conversation with the uh, with the billionaire, um, with Larry Farrell, and his expensive doctor he's had in this lush tropical island. <clears throat> they have a conversation showing how sort of the money's twisted him in a way. The, the doctor's saying, look, you paid me a ton of money to be here. He's like, but look, I'm very thankful and I can't tell you how lucky I am. And the doctor's being honest. He's like, you paid me a bunch of money and you flew me out here. But he's like, and I'm, I thank the Lord for that. And it's just, you know, he's dying um, or the money has twisted his perception of reality, but that's just how he is. And um, there, the planes are landing. Uh, there's the group of the 139 left. Uh, the character that's from Ferguson seeing visions, he hooks up with the blonde girl. He thinks, oh wow, maybe maybe they'll have a relationship, maybe something is there. She kind of tosses him like trash and it's kind of sad and you, I, I, that's another reason this is a high pick for me. You can really feel that awkward moment between the two of them. It's really, really well done and you feel that emotion there. And then he sees a vision of the Nigerian oil guy that had killed someone with like the head of a panther. And he just feels in this vision that he knows that's the man who will kill me. And the way it's done in the sea of red here and the way that this panther head with red eyes looks at him, it's truly frightening. Apparently he passed out. And the person offering their hand to carry him, lift him up, is Akira, who's wearing a wedding dress and the robotic legs and the face tattoo. This Japanese person just, what an iconic, crazy looking character. And he even... Uh, admits there's a dialogue between the two of them saying uh, because this is he's like why are you wearing a, a wedding dress and he's like because this is very much a ceremony and our other character says and because you're crazy and he goes ha yes Dave <laughs> because I am crazy so he, he knows he's nuts and they go into this beautiful Victorian garden of where the 139 are gathered with all these beautiful like Da Vinci like statues and you have our crazy man with all the guns that's back there in the room and some of the characters we've met and the Nigerian oil guy with the burns all over himself. And then our our Steve Jobsy-like Twitter creator comes to speak to the masses. He looks a little better. He's got some color in his skin. But he has a tear in his eye. <clears throat> Wanting to really uh, bring his legacy to these people and and show the world some, some humanity. And he has these positive like ideas and what he believes that giving his his billions away will do but he ends it by stating the obvious that well now that there's 139 you're gonna get uh, a little bit more money and if there were only one of you then there would be 18.4 billion dollars for the one person left and he's like but it's not as if any of you would do that, right? Is it? So, man, what an exploration. What an interesting social commentary. What a lot of fun. And where is this going to go? I'm interested mostly, too, in the character that has visions. Where he sees leopards and lions. And people with leopards and lions' heads. Crazy. But <clears throat> just slightly edged out by our number one pick of the week. Maybe it was a... A number one two-way tie I'm not sure but it's a number one is invincible Iron Man number five written by Brian Michael Bendis and gorgeous gorgeous art winner David Marquez you have to give props to colorist Justin Ponzor pros in the biz doing it but uh, this is gorgeous the use of 
the electricity from Madame Mask here fighting Iron Man and Vincent Von Doom without the Doom face. He's like Sorcerer Doom now in this, which I don't know why, but who cares? I'm sure it has to deal with Battle World or one of those other Marvel continuity things. But Doom has no face helmet and he's a sorcerer and they're teaming up with Mary Jane Watson, yes, from Spider-Man, sort of uh, in her club, and it's a, it's a showdown, it's a fight. And Madame Mask has stolen this artifact, artifact, a sort of unknown artifact, this mask, and it's giving her electricity-like shock powers. And they're warning her that, that she should not use this power. <clears throat> Victor Von Doom is telling her, don't use it. I've seen this mask used before, and this power will destroy you. But it's too late. She's like, I'm, I'm going to kill you both. The close-up on the faces here, the mask, the way it's intricately drawn is gorgeous. And just the lightning coming out of her eyes. And Tony's asking for help, like, Friday, what can we do here? Um, but the, all, all the things that Friday, the, the uh, interface that he uses in the Iron Man suit, has no way to identify this, this technology or whatever she's using. It's, it's magic, ultimately. And... He's, he needs Doctor Strange's help. So they're starting to fight. Tony's up against the ropes. It's not looking good. And Mary Jane actually comes and saves the day with like a microphone stand. And it takes the mask right off of her. <clears throat> and so they see an opportune moment. And uh, it's Victor Von Doom jumping in there. And I thought, okay, this is, this is the action here. The way it's drawn panel by panel. The two-page splashes. And it's just gorgeous. And without the mask, her soul's affected. And the next, this, uh, the next panel on page five, it's she's like vampiric. It's crazy. Purple lights coming out of her eyes, and it's truly frightening. This drawn, this drawing by David Marquez, way to go. Uh, the skin tone, the flesh, the teeth. Uh, yeah, it's it's a horrifying vision here that he beautifully draws. <clears throat> and. Tony Stark comes up with a great way. He apologizes to her. He knows her name. He says, I'm sorry, Whitney. And with like almost tears in his eyes, his Iron Man suit slowly kind of goes into the wind in a multitude of pieces. And it forms onto Whitney, onto Madame Dark Mask. And then it's, it's trying to escape wearing Tony's suit. And uh, luckily, Doctor Strange jumps in, and the the conversation between Doctor Strange and Tony Stark hysterical. He's like, he like had to come to the rescue. He says, he's all, I had to, bro. He's like, I didn't say bro, I had to. We're awesome, <clears throat> we're awesome facial hair bros. When he says it there, so and Stark's reaction is, wow, all of this was just totally worth it just for that. But I don't want to spoil the rest of it because there's a great conversation between here and him and Mary Jane. And uh, I think my throat can't go any further. <laughs> but uh, um, thanks for... Uh, that's going to be the show. Thank you. Check out Invincible Iron Man number five. It is a good friggin' time. And if you already follow us on all the social media, thank you very much for doing so. But if you don't, please check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Sunspots Comics. It's fun. It's a good time. I don't social media blast as much as I should. But what I try to put out there, hopefully, is of good content value. 
and please if you have any uh, recommendation you want a recommendation you have some questions to me or questions about the show or whatever write me chris at sunspotscomics.com I'd really appreciate it and if you could go over to iTunes check out where Sunspots Comics is or search Sunspots Comics it's the only uh, one that pops up and hit me with a five star review on iTunes and write a little positive blurb I'd really appreciate it really helps the show out and spread the word so thank you so very much and I hope you enjoyed Issue number 36 was a whole lot of fun, and thank you. And of course, don't forget, don't leave home without, and subscribe to, and buy a couple, and two for one of... Dun, 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 dun.